I was going to say, like, when I first saw you, I was like, she looks like beautiful Ariel princess. Like, I know that's so <laughs> such a weird thought, but I was like, no. we both called Ariel. her beautiful awkwardly in this podcast, and I kind of love it. <laughs> Nina. And I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers, but we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts. If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place. We'll even throw in a couple off-the-wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Hi, Daniela. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, of course. I'm super excited. We're here in Cody's new workspace. We are. We are live from the Idea Foundry tonight. Well, we're not actually live because this is going <laughs> to be pre-recorded, but we are at the Idea Foundry. Idea Foundry. Um, it's a really cool space. Yeah. Cody loves it. He's about to get a private office here soon. He's like in, what, on the wait list to That's get a awesome. private office. Well, I just wanted to first say that I've been following you on Instagram, I don't know, maybe for a year now or so. It hasn't been that long. And I love your Instagram. It's Thank you. beautiful. The colors, the whole brand. It just, I don't know. It makes me feel so comforted. Like such a model. Yes. Oh my like God. I, every time I see a picture of you, I was like, oh, I want to like walk around Columbus looking like that. I know. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and you can talk about the Instagram if you want or your brand in general, but yeah. how did you come to where you are today? Yeah. So I started Fox and Bloom about two years ago. I've always been really interested in fashion, but I really have a heart for women. And I knew I wanted to start a blog because I studied journalism. And what I love about writing and about journalism is you can kind of take that skill that you have and then apply it to anything else that you're passionate about. And so I knew I was passionate about fashion but I knew that I wanted to, that the world doesn't need another fashion blog, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a million girls out there posting pictures without maybe a lot of meat behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to throw shade on anybody. I just knew that there's like, it's very, very saturated and the world doesn't necessarily need another fashion Mm -hmm. blog. So, but the world needs more encouragement and more women who get built up by other women. So how can I kind of use fashion as a vehicle to do that? Mm -hmm. So that's how Fox and Bloom kind of came to be. I knew that I wanted to add value and kind of educate in that. I know a lot of women kind of feel lost when they're getting dressed, when they're in their closets. And how can I kind of put some parameters around that, maybe bullet points or steps of how can I make this easier? How can I Mm -hmm. encourage women, make them feel more confident when they're getting ready in the morning and when they're shopping. So that is really how it all started. And the Instagram is just, you know, a really big piece of that. It's a great way to connect with people. I can write about things that maybe aren't on the blog that Mm -hmm. are really on my heart that I feel like are really important to share and just encourage. It's just so beautiful. And you recently did a website rebrand. Is yes. that right? It's beautiful. Yes. It's I was beautiful. Thank you. So do you design <laughs> all of this? I mean, it all relates to me. Fashion is an art mm-hmm. and your Instagram is an art and your blog is an art and all of these things are so beautiful. So do, do you come up with all the inspiration? How's that work? So 
this is going to sound really cliche, but mm-hmm. it's all my vision. Mm-hmm. But as far as the design goes, um, Amanda Rains did my whole rebrand. Um, she is half of Rains Visual Co. She does that with her husband, Josh. Um, and they are phenomenal. They do photography and design and tons of creative work. And so she did my whole rebrand with me and it's yeah, it's exactly what I wanted. I'm so happy with it. And that all came about, well, I was kind of working toward that anyway. I think that when you have some sort of brand for a while, you ultimately kind of feel like it's stale and you want to change things up. Mm -hmm. But I did kind of have sort of a shift in the brand um, that I wanted to communicate through design also. Nice. Yeah. I love that you're so clear in what you want to put out there Mm -hmm. and are very deliberate about it. I love that. I try. I um, try. <laughs> it's kind of like a theme too, I feel like in reading your blogs, mm. like that sense of being deliberate, mm-hmm. like having, I know you had a capsule wardrobe, mm. yeah. which I would love to talk more about because yeah. I watched at one point like 50 YouTube videos on <laughs> capsule wardrobes and I never- I don't even know what a capsule wardrobe is. You can explain what a capsule wardrobe is. Oh my. Wait, a capsule. <laughs> capsule. Wardrobe, yeah. Capsule yes. wardrobe. Okay. So a capsule wardrobe. Um, I'm imagining started, like a bunch of clothes and like a pill. <laughs> like that's like I'm just imagining like a very how easy would that be? closet. That would be amazing. That'd be the closet so of the future. Simple. Closet oh. of the future. <laughs> um, so this idea started decades ago, but was popularized by a blogger a few years ago, and she decided that she wanted to have a set number of clothes. I think it was 37, and um, that includes tops bottoms, shoes, outerwear. Yeah, I've heard of this um, I don't think it includes like gym wear or like schlepping around your house, stuff. like painting your room or mm-hmm. something. But, and the idea is that you choose these pieces for one season, plan it out. You see kind of where the gaps are. You go shopping for those gaps and then you wear just these pieces for one season. And then toward the end of that season, so let's say it's spring, probably like in April, you would reevaluate your closet, see where the gaps might be for summer, go shopping for that, and then you pack all your spring clothes away and your summer closet is just your summer closet and you just have those 39 pieces for that season. And so what it does is, A, it makes it super easy to get ready Mm because you don't have that much to choose from. Mm -hmm. It helps you shop less because you're just shopping at the beginning of each season instead of just kind of meandering around H&M when you're bored, mm-hmm. right? Well, I know that all too well. <laughs> yes. Don't we all? Yeah. And again, it just makes things super simple, right? Because you aren't, I, I think I'm super guilty of this. Most of us have our whole closet in our, our whole wardrobe in Me. our closet, right? Yeah. yeah. You Everything. have spring through winter. And so you're just kind of standing there what do I do? Mm-hmm. And when all you have is summer and there's only 39 pieces, you don't have that many choices to make. And so it makes it um, a lot less overwhelming to get ready. Did you get bored? I didn't get bored so much as I felt a little frustrated and almost wasteful because I knew I had these clothes. I think I did in the winter. So I picked my items and I packed everything else away. And so I knew that I had all these winter clothes basically sitting in my basement that I was choosing not to wear, which felt kind of wasteful to me. Mm -hmm. However, if I were choosing to commit to capsule wardrobe 
year round. Maybe those were clothes that I, I would have just donated or sold, mm. um, but I held on to them knowing that I probably, or I, or I may not continue with it. I learned a lot when I did it. I think it's a really, really great exercise that anybody should do. I think I wrote two posts on it. I wrote one about what my experience was like, and then another one about how I quit it, but you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I quit, but you keep going. I quit, but mm-hmm. you should try this. Mm-hmm. Because I actually found that I did, I, I think I did 40 pieces and I didn't even wear all 40 pieces. Yeah. yeah, when you said, I was thinking, I was like, I think in a season, I'm like, I might have more than that. Mm-hmm. But if I look at the ones I'm regularly wearing, it's not oh, yeah. that much. I was shocked. I thought I'll never be able to do this. And I didn't even wear all of them when I when I looked back on it. Yeah, but I got a lot out of it because it made me, I definitely became more creative. I paired yeah. things together in different ways that I never had. And it just kind of made me look at my closet a little bit differently. I've noticed that when I do go shopping, I haven't allowed myself to go shopping very often. Mm -hmm. I think now I'm starting to a little bit more because I feel really good in some of the newer clothing that I've bought. But I realize I just will wash those clothes and then I will recycle them and wear them in a different way again. Mm -hmm. And then I have this like, small, small portion of my closet that I keep re-wearing over and over. And then there's all this other stuff that I don't even touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's wasteful to me. I'm like, hmm, should I donate that? But mm-hmm. then- Then you need it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Then like, I go into my closet and I'm like, okay, I'll not wear this. I don't need this. I'm going to donate this. And then I look at all of the stuff in the bag and I'm like, but maybe I will wear this again. Or mm-hmm. maybe I can pair this with a sweater for school. And I don't know. I get all overwhelmed. Yeah. I will say that I did start a pile, like it's in the back of my closet mm-hmm. of clothes I don't think I want to wear anymore. And I was like, I'm just going to leave them here in a little pile. And if I actually do not care for them, then I will donate them. And I haven't touched them since. I hmm. love that. It's been a few months. They're so, probably ready to go then. Yeah. yeah. Time for them to That's go. That's how you know. Yeah. So I'm curious about, so you're familiar with like sustainable fashion, right? Yes. Okay. I'm getting there. <laughs> this this makes my heart really happy. So I will tell you my story. I watched The True, True Cost, Cost on Netflix. I've yeah. never watched this. I'm so Watch it. Oh, okay. it'll change your life. Maybe tonight. I Maybe it's tonight. Date night Netflix. Well, you can probably imagine this just because, you know, the way our economy works and we're kind of the mm. worst sometimes. So basically these clothing stores, places like H&M or Forever 21 mm. or any place like that, they have factories that they— use for their, you know, to get their inventory. And it's this constant battle for like, who's willing to sell the clothes for less. Like they can choose all of these factories to get their clothes from. And so it's like competition of who's selling it for the cheapest. And so then those factories cut corners by like not paying their employees or- Unsafe working yeah. conditions. There was a big, yeah. um, the building collapsed, Rana right? Plaza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like a bunch of people died. So it makes you think about, and actually, I don't know if you saw the Zara story. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we have Zara here? We, um, they have a flagship in New York and they're actually building one at Easton. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what so Zara is. So it's a clothing store. Okay. And it's on like a the, Spanish clothing store, like an H&M that started fast fashion, essentially. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what this is called, fast fashion. This right. whole idea of like, like get something and then you practically like throw it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the workers like sewed in the tags, you paid for this garment, but I didn't get paid to make it basically, like trying to Uh raise awareness of what was going on. So when I saw it, I was like, I absolutely want to 
like I've got to do something. And I got really discouraged because- Where? That, yeah, I was like, I went online and I tried to find, and a lot of places were like over in Europe with different sizing. And like, I really didn't find a lot of options. As far as sustainable clothing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I found Pact, Mm -hmm. um, which has like- some like organic. You know way more than me. I don't even know what pack is. It's like it's basic wear. It's like yeah, um, it's like t-shirts and like yeah. active wear, right? Yeah, which is most of what I I work from home, so yeah. probably like most main, of my wardrobe. Your main wardrobe is yeah. relaxed mode. So I love it. I just like, and I was like, I wish I could just like go. I wanted to break the cycle. I wanted to like go to some place local and get something cool and have it be ethically made and like use my consumer dollars to support that yeah. because that's the power we have as consumers is we, that's how we make change. Vote with your dollars. Right. right. Yeah. And I, so I'm still, every time I like go shopping or something, I think about it. I'm like, oh. so do we have any places around here that we can use as a resource to find sustainable made clothes, sustainably made clothes? So there's Global Gifts in the short North, which is a fair trade store. So you can know that everything there is fair trade and that it's ethically mm. made. They have a huge array. So it's a little bit of clothes. There's a lot of jewelry. That's where mm-hmm. I got these earrings. Ooh. Can I see them? Yeah. Lovely. Mm-hmm. They're by, I think, the Starfish Project, I think. But they have all kinds of different items. And so um, they have some clothing. Um, what I've started doing is researching stores that I know that I like that are local, like boutiques, yeah. um, and looking at the different brands that they carry and seeing hmm. what oh, those brands idea. do. So like Obey actually has a um, part of their line is ethical and they carry them at a lot of stores locally, like Tiger Tree. Um, I know that a store recently opened, and I'm going to forget the name of it, but I know that that's really their focus. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Columbus area? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so I thought that was really cool. I haven't been in to visit them yet, but yeah, that was exciting for me. Yeah. Is this a silly question? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do boutiques typically have better sourced clothing or is it a hit or miss? I would say it really depends on who their buyer is mm-hmm. and and the decisions that they make. Probably... A lot of boutiques are their boutiques are more likely to source clothes from that are like made in LA or mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. So you know if it's made by hand there, that that person's probably earning a fair wage. But I wouldn't say that boutiques are more likely necessarily to have better made clothing. Got it. Yeah. It's such a challenge because on one hand. I struggle between spending money on clothing. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, there's so many other things that I could be spending my money on. But then you go into Forever 21 or H&M and you find a $10 adorable sweater and you're like, oh, deal. But then you think about how is that made? Is is the person that made this getting paid anything for it? So then there's that ethical side of it. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know. And then there's also like you feel really good when you buy really expensive clothing. Sometimes you're like, oh, this is so nice and wonderful and I feel so good. I feel like I'm always in a 
a little conflict mm-hmm. when like it comes quantity to- versus quality exactly. situation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because sometimes, again, I'll feel really good if I and I haven't bought like a hundred dollars. A hundred dollars isn't even expensive for jeans. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, I to me that is very expensive. So if for I jeans. bought like a hundred dollar pair of jeans and I put them on, I'm like, girl, you look great in these jeans. And then again, I'll find a cheap T-shirt. And I'm like look at you. You're rocking an $8 tee. So what? You save so much money. (laughs) Yeah. So what's, how do we find a happy balance between that quantity versus quality Mm -hmm. and price tag and all of that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such a great question. This is something that I've thought about a lot since I've kind of started diving into fair fashion, which is essentially the same thing as ethical and sustainable fashion. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different words for it. I was going to say if, they mean different things because I've been saying sustainable fashion and I know you said fair fashion. Yeah. So I was like, what's that mean? I want to say they're essentially the same. I promise I'm not an expert. I'm really There's learning probably as some I go. nuanced, like very right. small sure, there are nuances. I clung to the word the words fair fashion, because I feel like it says so much. It kind of speaks to the people who are making the clothing, mm-hmm. um, this idea that it's accessible. And I don't know, I just really kind of liked the the sound of it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it, it felt more relatable maybe than saying sustainable or ethical fashion, which are amazing concepts. I just thought that it felt more relatable, which yeah. if I'm going to be talking about those things, on my blog or my Instagram or wherever it might be, I really want people to feel like they can be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what fair fashion felt like to me. So as far as spending less, spending more. Yeah. And again, like just that quantity versus quality and all of that. So I've really found, I did this sort of um, very, very unscientific survey um, on my Facebook. And (laughs) I did the other day. She created a survey. I'm about to. So you just watched about 50 people answer. So I was like, I know I need to do that as well. I put it on my Instagram story. I put it on one of my last posts um, because I'm working on writing an ebook that I'm going to have for sale on my website. And it's really important to me that whatever I write addresses a concern or a challenge that people are having. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really see any point in writing for myself because I'm writing for other people. Mm -hmm. And I was just asking, what is your biggest challenge when you get ready in the morning? When you're in your closet, what is the hardest thing? Is it that you have too many clothes and you just don't know what to do? Is it that you don't know how to dress your body type? Is it that you just don't know what your style is or you don't think you have a style. What Mm. is so hard about getting ready? Because I feel like most women, if you ask them if getting ready is easy, they're like, "Mm, no. Yeah. Like one of the hardest things I do. Yeah. What did you find? So, so many women said, I have too many clothes. I don't know what to wear. I wish that I just had a small wardrobe of things that I love. That's the dilemma. Mm -hmm. It makes makes so much sense to me. I feel that. And we all have so many clothes that we just don't wear. So why is it so hard to get rid of them? Why? That's the problem. Because you might wear it. Yes, exactly I what I was talking FOMO. about earlier. Fashion FOMO. Fashion yes. FOMO. There's also- but you can always buy a new one. I know. If you really were going to wear if it you again. you really needed it. Yeah. There's also this idea of when you have clothes that don't fit, that's something that they will. Oh, yes. I'm like the worst at that. Mm-hmm. And the worst. What- Something that I recently heard about this that I loved because I never want to say to somebody, you're not going to lose that last 10 pounds. Just get rid of it. Right. Like, that's not encouraging. Right. Exactly. Not like you, if you want to lose that weight, you can do yeah, it. That, yes. Telling somebody to get rid of it because they're not going to lose the weight. That's not the answer. Is not encouraging. Yeah. Like at all. 
On the other hand, when you see those clothes that don't fit, they taunt you. Yep. They taunt you. They hang there. And they, I was just talking to my friend Sarah about this. She is a bodybuilder. And so she, um, she's a bikini competitor. And so she goes through stages of like her cut stage where Mm -hmm. she's losing weight so she can be on stage, which she'll tell you is not a healthy weight to be at, but it's not a a weight that anybody's at all year long. It's your stage weight, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you have your clothes where maybe you're at your more sustainable weight. Those are a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. And then if you are someone like her who is goes through like a bulk stage where you're intentionally gaining weight so that you can gain muscle mm-hmm. and then ultimately lose the fat that you have gained in your bulk, those clothes are going to be even bigger. Right. So when yeah. you're in your bulk and then you're staying in your closet staring at your cut clothes, yeah. they're they're staring at you. They're looking at you saying you're and not, not a anymore. confidence booster. No, it's not. At all. There's nothing encouraging about that. And so I think it's either get rid of those clothes that don't fit you or just store them away. And if you do lose the weight, great. If you don't, maybe you look better at that weight. I've gained 20 pounds this year on purpose and I feel so much better than I did before. Yeah. I just wanted to be super, super, super thin, which is mm-hmm. probably a whole different podcast episode, but I would say that, yeah, if you have clothes that don't fit you, either love yourself at that weight, which you should anyway, and and get rid of them or just pack them away so that they aren't making you feel bad about yourself every single morning when you're getting ready. Mm -hmm. And I think about it too, like if you want to be really nice, think about how great they'll look on someone else. Like if you donate them, Mm -hmm. they're just sitting there collecting dust in your closet, but there could be someone that would really like get the joy out of that that you used to get out of Mm -hmm. that. Well, I think there's also a lot to be said about clothes in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Like think about, this is like Stacey and Clinton on what not to wear. Dress for your past. Yeah, seriously. But they're always like dress for your body type. Dress for the body you have. Because I know, for example, I have a pair of jeans. I have them in my head right now that I squeeze into once in a while. Mm-hmm. Like they look good everywhere else, but they kind of create the muffin top. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Do you like just they wear a flowy top. They, yeah, exactly. They look great on the and booty. Night, they like, hug the yep. right places, except if I'm wearing a skin tight shirt, it's not so pretty. And so I'll put those pants on. And if I have a cami on before I put on the flowy top, mm. I'll look at myself and immediately I'm like, girl, you look disgusting. Aww. Do you know what I mean? Like I look yeah. and I'm like, that's the as much as I would love to fit into those jeans perfectly, right now they're making me feel really bad about myself. Yeah. And then if I go up a size and I put on my jeans that fit comfortably, I feel fantastic. I wear, I can wear whatever shirt I want. And then it's like, you know what? Why do I care about fitting into a smaller size? Exactly. Because you still look beautiful in any size that you are. Right. So it's a different conversation between like self-love, I think. And clothes can help you get there in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's kind of, that's been another driving force behind Fox and Bloom is that clothes don't have to be vapid and superficial. They they can if you make them feel that way. Mm-hmm. I kind of, um, I think about clothes kind of like money in mm-hmm. that money can be a tool, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it can be a tool for good yeah. or you can kind of, you can let it control you. You can let it bring you to make bad decisions or compare yourself to others. Comparison, I think, is huge when it comes to fashion. So yeah. with fashion, you can let it make you feel bad about your body or compare yourself to others, or it can be a tool to help you build your own confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, even that kind of like outward confidence can translate into other things. I always think of it like, does fashion define who you are or your style? 
absolutely not. Like on no level do your clothes define you. But if you feel better in what you're wearing, if you're wearing a size that fits you and makes your body look amazing, you might have the confidence to ask for a raise or like go on a first date and things like that. So I think it, you can really use it as a tool. And then, you know, in terms of fair fashion, it's a tool for helping build people up, the people who are making those clothes. It's a tool for social justice. It really is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think too, like that's something that I've had to work on is in my clothing because I also like I've gained, I didn't try to gain weight this year. I just did. It happens. Um, which is fine. I'm like, I was really not okay with it and I'm a lot better with it now. But I was working with my health coach on this and she does a lot of like body positivity, mm. um, those kinds of things around that. So I'm not trying to like, I'm not actively trying to lose weight at this moment. But that was a big deal for me actually buying clothes that fit mm-hmm. because I had in my head like, you will not wear above a medium shirt. You like, always have been like that. If you get a large, that means you're large. Or like mm-hmm. I had it in my head, like you are this pant size. You can't go to the next pant size. Why do we um, create those? I don't know, but I've been, blocks. I've tried to be a lot better about being like, you know what though? Like I can shove myself exactly what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. I can shove myself in those smaller pants. It's not gonna make me feel great. Yeah. So it's just, it's an arbitrary number or size or measurement that's not consistent across all brands. Yeah. And we place so much value on a number or mm-hmm. a weight or whatever it is, it's, there's no real value to it. Humans make some kind oh, of absolutely. value. And it's subjective. 100%. Yeah. I remember going to H&M when I was a, probably a zero in every other store and they have mm. European sizes, yep. which are bigger. Oh. And I remember putting on a four and being just horrified. And there's something really, really, really wrong about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. like why should a number matter? Yeah, I, the more I look into like women's health and things like that, since that's kind of my niche and what I love so Mm -hmm. much, I want to encourage women that not everybody's body is going to settle at the same place. Yeah. And so I think there's two different sides between like you're dieting to lose weight and be skinny and to have the self image or in, in my world, it's like you're eating for that or you're eating to feel good and to nourish your body and to be healthy and your healthy weight for what makes you feel good mentally and physically and just be a healthy person can be completely different than somebody else's. You don't have to be a size zero to two. You could be whatever size. Yeah. And as long as you're healthy and feel amazing, then you're doing the right thing. Absolutely. And again, clothes can can supplement that and can make you feel good. I think it's a mindset shift, really. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, you know, as far as my weight gain, I was talking about um, my friend Sarah and I trained with her. And it was an enormous mental shift for me mm. because I was tiny, which my mom is very, very small. It's completely in my genetics, but it became, um, I I put it on this pedestal. When I was in high school, I had a really horrible relationship with food. I got down to a really low weight. It was very unhealthy and it, it kind of went through college and then I was able to overcome that, but it still kind of just lingers in the back mm-hmm. of your mind, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then um, probably two years ago, I realized that I was back down to almost my high school weight, not even on purpose, but yeah. it was really scary to me because I knew the frame of mind that I was in mm-hmm. when, I, when I was at that weight and it mm-hmm. was not healthy. And so it was actually right before my wedding. And that was um, when I started training with Sarah and she, when I met with her, she was like, first of all, you're not eating enough. 
And I said, well, I'm not restricting. And she was like, no, we're, you are not eating enough. And so she helped me work through that. Yeah. And I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was doing it on purpose. I didn't feel like I was trying to lose mm-hmm. weight, but I was losing weight. And it's this weird thing where at first you're losing weight and you're like, this is awesome. I'm mm-hmm. not even trying. I'm losing weight. And then if you're me, you look in the mirror and you, and you realize you like, don't even look like a woman. Mm-hmm. And that's a kind of a scary moment. Um, and then when I started working with her, I, I definitely had to get over this hump of um, like I had a thigh gap and I loved it. Yeah. What, it, what, why, what? I don't understand How? the thigh gap. I the think thigh gap is confusing to me I, as well. <laughs> I think it's because I know that I've never had, nor will I ever have. Like even when I've been really thin, like I'm hippie. So but like also, just never going to have thigh gap. But also what planted that in our head? Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? Even as chill, like I see my middle school kids, same thing. They all are looking. Well, it's mm-hmm. the media. Mm-hmm. Like the media yeah. plays such a role mm-hmm. in how women look and feel about themselves, what clothes they should be wearing, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It in, in in hindsight, it feels like the most ridiculous thing to say. And I remember saying to Sarah, like, I'm losing my thigh gap and I'm trying to be okay with mm-hmm. it. And she almost kind of laughed at me in a, a very loving way yeah. of kind of, you know, you, your body is, is changing. You're doing that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Trust me, it's going to be worth it. And I'm so much happier now than I ever yeah. was. Do you feel better? That, oh my gosh. I feel so much better. That's the ticket. I do. And it's, it's this phenomenal mental shift. I'm sorry, we're getting super off track. No, no it's we fine. take this conversation anywhere it goes. It's this mental shift of, I want to be thin. I want to be thin. I want to be thin. I can't eat that thing. Mm-hmm. I can't eat it. I, I can't, I limit myself in so many ways because I just want to be thin. Mm-hmm. And and then when I when I did start to gain weight, you know, it's a, you're lifting weights, right? I'm lifting. And Are you going to do competitive? Yeah. I don't think so. You're just doing this for you. I'm doing it for Good me for you. right now. Yeah, definitely. I don't think I would compete, but don't hold me to that. Um, <laughs> I grew up showing quarter horses pretty competitively. And it's funny because- it's, it's in the genes. You could do showing it. Showing <laughs> horses is literally the exact same thing as competitive bodybuilding. It's kind of bizarre. No, I, when you say that, it makes sense, but I never would have like thought that <laughs> on my exactly own. It's exactly the same. Exactly Ooh. the same, except for one has a horse in it. <laughs> like one's the horse There's and one is you. There's nothing different. <laughs> I kind of made this decision before the wedding that I want to look like a woman. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to look like a 14-year-old girl anymore. Yeah. And I feel so much better. And I um, I never thought, like, so right now, I kind of explained what a bulk was. Like, I'm actually in the middle of one for winter. And it's not for competitive purposes, but it's really fun to, like, um, have this plan and set this goal and then see how your body changes. Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty amazing. And to recognize like, I'm really excited when the scale goes up now, which is kind of a bizarre thing. It's like- But so good for you. Yeah. You know, so good to have had this other mindset. Man, we need more women. And here's the thing, and I'm not not to sound creepy, but like, you're so beautiful. Like You really are. You really are. And again, listeners, like, please check out her Instagram and love it. But we need more, more girls to see this. Like- you are you can be beautiful at different weights mm-hmm. first of all and i think that they need to see people that are like our age of how old are you we haven't even asked i will be 28 on november 14th 
Happy birthday soon. Wait, you'll be 20? 28. Oh, I was like, you are not 19. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> when she was talking about high school, it was literally like two it years like ago. Two years. I <laughs> seriously thought that you just said 20. I was like, that you are the most mature 20 year old I've ever met. Um, so we are the same age, 28, 29. I feel like girls need to see women our age being examples of this mm-hmm. because they I, don't get a good example. Well, and I think mm-hmm. what my thought always was as a child and like, incorrectly forming ideas was that like you were thin when you were young and then you got bigger. Like getting bigger was a sign of being older. Like Mm -hmm. you just gradually got larger. (laughs) With age. I did. I sure did. But I mean, well, not in the height department. So I guess what I'm saying is like seeing women that are younger embracing whatever body weight is natural for them, I think would go a long way. Yeah. I have this very clear memory. I have two older sisters. They're seven and nine years older than me. So I always really looked up to them. And I remember saying to my oldest sister when I was probably in middle school, my thighs touch. What's, what is happening? <laughs> Why is this happening? Why did my thighs touch? Just like, well, yeah. and you're in middle school. school again, <laughs> this is an idea that was popped <laughs> yes. in your head. I think I was in middle school. You're becoming school. a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, what she said very matter-of-factly, they always will deal with it, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, and she wasn't trying to be insensitive. She she was just telling me, you know, this this is your body now. Your your thighs touch, they're going to touch for the rest of your life. And that's, mm-hmm. that's okay. But I already had decided that I wanted to be thin. And when she said that, I I remember thinking to myself, no, they won't. Yeah. No, they won't. I'm going to fix the that. challenge. Yeah. And then there it is. Mm-hmm. I have a very specific memory as well. And this was not until senior year. So I was always like a chubby kid, I feel. Like I was just like a short little chunky kid. It's fine. And then I lost weight in high school just because I had a miniature growth spurt. I'm talking like maybe two inches. And you played soccer, right? And I played soccer and I don't know. I started restricting my food. Like, mm-hmm. you know, normal girls, normal girls do. Anyway, so I like lost some weight and I got attention from it, of course, mm-hmm. and you feel great. Yes. And then I remember looking in the mirror, this was senior year, and I noticed the love handles like a little bit on the sides. And um, You've always been, I've never even noticed them, but I know you're, but they're what, your were place. you just going to say I've always been sensitive about mm-hmm. it? Ever since then, I've been sensitive about mm-hmm. it. And I remember thinking to myself, what are these and why are these here? And these are, these are gross and these are ugly. And it's the one thing I look at every time I try on clothes mm-hmm. for some reason. You reminded me of um, this stand-up by Eliza Schlesinger. Have you ever seen You know, this? I'm, mm, does she do funny so voices? Funny. Yes. Okay, I know who she is. And I, I don't know how appropriate this is, but um, she talks about her. this and how when women try on clothes, nothing fits, right? It's like, my shoulders are too big. My hips are too wide. I'm fat. I'm ugly. Yeah. I suck. Like nothing fits. And then you take a normal average average height guy, like 5'10", normal build. And he's like, nothing fits because my shoulders are so abnormally broad. Yeah. <laughs> my waist tapers at such an Adonis-like angle. Nothing fits me. And it's like, <laughs> that's like the difference between women and men is, I mean, there are many differences. There are many differences. But, but- <laughs> you think that like, that everything about us kind of stinks. Mm-hmm. And yeah. again, like that, that is something that I hope I can change at least a little bit mm-hmm. in my little corner of the internet, whatever it is that I'm doing. Like I said, the world doesn't need another fashion blog, but I hope that um, I can kind of bring a different perspective. Yeah. yeah. And you definitely are. Can we talk about your fashion? Because yeah, let's like, talk about style for just a second. When okay. I look at your stuff, I'm just like, I love that. I love that. I love that. I'm doing this finger swipe motion. Like, you have the cute, like, I don't know what you would call your style, but that's what I want 
if I could name what I want mine to be, it would be. It's the Fox and Bloom style. Ooh, Is that it? I like that. Um, how would you define it? How would I define it? Or do you not like defining style? Well, no, I uh, I do because I have a defining your style guide. Ooh, Ooh yeah, let's talk style. about this. I'm curious because I'm trying to discover mine too. So I'm excited yeah. about this topic. I really like talking about this because I think that most women um, think that they they don't have a style. I'm making air quotes. Like mm-hmm. they don't have a style or mm-hmm. they don't know what style is. Or I get this a lot um, in this it sounds like a compliment, but it actually makes me kind of sad. Women say, um, you wear that like I could never pull that off. Oh, that's oh, what I, I would said totally say. That's what I said about the nose ring earlier. Oh, but it makes me sad because, yes, you can. I you totally know. can. People, and you, that's what you told me too. Yeah. And you know what? It made me feel good. I was like, girl, I am going to pull it off. Good. Once I can take this stud out, I'm putting the hoop Get in. Get your $2 you clairs. Yeah, so little thing. <laughs> so, and, and that's kind of why Fox and Bloom isn't geared toward other fashion bloggers, a lot of fashion blogs are more like, I would say style inspiration for, for other fashion girls, mm-hmm. I guess, which is not a bad thing at all. Um, that's just not who I want my audience mm-hmm, to be. Mm-hmm. And so I find that a lot. Women don't know what their style is or they, they couldn't define it even if they wanted to. And so uh, a blog post that I wrote a really long time ago, I think when I first started the blog was uh, how to define your style. And it has mm-hmm. A worksheet with it that I love. I would probably use it myself. I would yes. use it myself. And first it just talks about defining your why because your why can't be, or it, it could be, but it probably shouldn't be, I want to fit in mm-hmm. or I, I want to be trendy or things like that. It should be, maybe I, I want to be more confident or um, I want to reflect the character of a leader at work. And so I'm going to start dressing that way. Mm-hmm. I think that- a More lot. personality traits yeah. as opposed to, yeah, just like what trying to fit like in. emotional the, things. Yes. Uh-huh. Like it yeah. should, I think Inclusion. it should be- I think it should Egotistical be, things. Yeah, more emotional and something that is gets more to the heart of who you are. It could even be, I want to be a better mom. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the way I dress shows my kids that I don't value myself. Hmm. And so I think it should be something really personal and important like that. And then just kind of brainstorming. What are words that I would want to describe my style? You know, think about class of words like boho Mm -hmm. or classy or professional. Maybe it's words like that. And I give a lot of examples in the worksheet. And then thinking about words, how you want it to make you feel. Do you want to feel authentic? Do you want to feel like a badass? Do you want to to just feel pretty. And all of those things are absolutely okay. all of those okay. things are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it kind of helps you realize how you want to feel in your clothes because I kind of like thinking of clothes as the skin that we choose. Mm. Like, I think that style is important by virtue of the fact that, that we can't walk around naked. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's a representation of like kind of who you are. Yeah. Like we all have to get dressed. Yeah. Right. And so and we're all trying to communicate. We're all trying to communicate something. And so what am I trying to communicate Mm -hmm. with me? I want to communicate that uh, maybe I'm genuine, that I have a lot of joy and that, um, that I'm authentic and that kind of guides how I choose what I wear. And then um, kind of think about 
the last outfit that you wore that made you feel that way? I've been actually thinking about this while you've been talking. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the thoughts in my head about the clothes I've been wearing lately and Mm -hmm. how they make me feel. So anyway, I was just thinking about that when you said it. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important because you, we attach memories to moments Mm -hmm. a lot more than we do to maybe just words. So if you think about the last time that you actually felt delighted or joyful or authentic or really badass Mm -hmm. in whatever it is that you're wearing. Like, what's that moment? And what did you have on? I think this happened just a couple of weeks ago. I was sitting in church with my husband and I looked at him and I was like, this outfit is how I would define myself. (laughs) Like, you were like, I nailed it today. (laughs) Nailed it. This is me in a look. And you felt good all day. I felt so good. (laughs) Yeah. And it does, it just kind of makes you feel different. Almost like when you get really dressed up for something, but you could have that every single day if you were able to define what it, how it is that you want to feel. And I would definitely make a Pinterest board and just kind of look for the um, similarities and what it is that you're pinning. Like, is everything really flowy or does everything have a really great shape? Um, Are there certain colors? Are there certain Mm -hmm. textures that you notice that you're really drawn to? I think that a a lot of women would say like, I love what that girl is wearing, but I don't know why. Mm, And I think if you just continue to pin, you'll start to see those patterns. I was going to ask, is that kind of one of your go-to resources is Pinterest? Because I've been getting into it hardcore as I have a new fashion board and it's been super helpful and it's, it's really fun too. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I definitely, I turn to Pinterest a lot because I'll get stuck. I'll be standing in my closet, Mm -hmm. like drool coming out of my Mm -hmm. mouth. Like, I don't know what to wear today. And a lot of times I will just go take a peek and maybe find something new. Yeah. That's a good idea. And then I'd also say to maybe have a couple go-to style icons for lack of a better term. Um, Joanna Gaines. Yours is Joanna Gaines. Yeah. There's actually a really great- um, Oh, she's my go-to house inspo too. I'll I'll actually send it to you. I'll email it to both of you. It was a video. It was really funny. It was like some viral kind of video thing on Facebook- to the new Taylor Swift, look what you, is it Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. look what you what made me, me do? do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look what me, you made me do. It was to that and it was about Joanna Gaines, like basically like, look what you made me like buy for my house. And they're like putting <laughs> up amazing and like doing all this stuff. And I was like, buying reclaimed wood. Talking and- about her like coming to Target. I think that was what it was about. Like now that she's having that line come out at Target. Oh, yeah. they're, I'm everyone's done. like, I can't go to Target. I'll, no. I'll spend but way too much her, money. But I'll tell you, like when I watch her show, it's like half the, house stuff. I'm like, yes. But also half of like, I look at her and I'm like, I just want to wear what you're wearing Mm -hmm. all the time. And then one time I said to Zach, I was like, why can't I just be beautiful Asian Joanna Gaines? He's like, well, (laughs) first of all, one of those is (laughs) genetically not going to happen for you. (laughs) Um, I have been getting into, the more I'm getting into juicy like crystals and Palo Santo and meditating, the more I want to wear flowy, light colored Mm. things and crystals and stuff like that. So I feel like that's what I've been gravitating towards. And it makes me feel calm and happy. That's awesome. That's what I want to feel like. Yeah. But then sometimes I go to like a boho store or like a boutique and then I actually- too much. Yeah. And then it's too much. And then I look and I'm like, oh, maybe this isn't what I want. Mm. So I think it's just hit or miss for me, whatever I put on. And sometimes it's like, I go for a completely different style. So I'm like, maybe I just need to go with how I'm feeling for the day. And not pin it down to one thing. Sure. I think it's good to try different things too, you know? Now, what would you suggest for like, 
So I don't consider myself to be, like when I think about fashionable and like heels and power suits and like that's not really, I don't really dig that. But sometimes I have to be in professional settings. Like how can you, (laughs) so I have to like wear that stuff and I'm kind of salty about it on the inside, especially because most of the time I work from home and leggings are like Well, and that's just not your go-to style. It's not. And I don't. I don't like, I can't walk in heels. Like they just, it doesn't make me feel, I feel like women have this idea that being in heels and wearing like certain clothes make them, make them something. Mm -hmm. And I've never, it just feels inauthentic to me. So I've never felt really great in it. But how would you suggest like for me, I feel like my style's like, I don't know. It's kind of cash. I feel like you have, you're so good at pairing items Yes, you are. Every time I see her, like every time I see her, like today she's wearing these cute boots, a dress, a scarf, and a jacket. And then the next time you'll come over, you have a different scarf or a necklace. And then you pair things. Very so thank you well. very much. And I always think of fall and winter, Liz. Mm. I feel like you do fall and winter well. It's because I hate summer. Oh, because okay. I feel really <laughs> good about this fall situation. And I feel like I just gave you the up and down. Yes, yeah. what she's wearing right now. How adorable <laughs> so is it? Cute. But like, how do I bring, if you have maybe more like a casual style or like a boho style or, you know, something a little less uptight, mm-hmm. how do you bring that into like maybe a corporate environment and yeah. still feel like you're staying true to yourself, but like matching a, a corporate policy? Definitely. When... I think about that. I always think about accessories and mm. texture, pattern, and shine. So just as an example, if you were wearing all black and maybe, and not that you have to wear all black. I love all black, actually. This so is purely an illustration. <laughs> um, let's say that you were wearing a top that has like pretty good coverage and maybe it's more flowy. Like it feels like you, it's not clinging. Mm-hmm. It has this like, maybe it's a nice little peplum situation. It's nice and flowy. You're wearing um, just like black trousers, maybe they're slimmer. That's like a cigarette cut or like an ankle. Think very maybe Audrey Hepburn yeah. mm-hmm. and some cute flats. And then you can bring in texture pattern and shine in your accessories. So maybe you're wearing mm. a fun scarf with a pattern, which I think is usually pretty office friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Unless they're crazy over the top, I feel like you could wear really fun jewelry in most office settings. I work at a creative agency, so it's pretty laid back, but we definitely have to step it up for clients. Mm. And then shine, so thinking about any sort of metallic, whether it's a shoe or jewelry, I think, you know, is obviously like a go-to when it comes to metallics. And Mm -hmm. then I always kind of try to keep makeup a little more minimal Mm -hmm. office scenario. But it depends, you know, how professional your setting is. Like there's um, probably the more conservative conservative it is, you wouldn't want to wear open-toed shoes. Mm -hmm. Right. And this was something that I was learning when I was— entering the workforce from college, like, uh, college, Daniela, what you would cringe if you what saw What did college, Daniela? I know. I'm oh, curious. I I so cute. I thought I was <laughs> also, so cute. I don't know about you, but when I, which I know flares are like back in, but I, I mm-hmm. hate, as a short person, I don't like them because 
logistically yeah. they're gonna drag everywhere in a while um, for sure but i remember that picture of us were like oh I'm, yeah i'm wearing like flare jeans and some k-swiss like tennis shoes or like mm. pants dragging on the ground same i think i might have had like puka shells or something i had I the giant like pebble pebbles beads yeah like mm. you know the flintstones those big oh yeah like White beads. I had those on. Oh. It looked really great. Yeah. Really good. I felt like the tops were always tight and the jeans were always flared. When I think mm-hmm. of that or think of how I used to dress around that 22, 23-year-old yeah. range, my least favorite statement from that era of life, and I said this all the time, was, but I look cute in it. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I heard that lots of times. Hey. No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> Think again. B, <laughs> your dress is so short. Yes, everything was so it was. short. It wore the most inappropriate things because I thought I looked so cute. Like I know. You can't wear that in an I, office. Okay, did oh, you gosh. guys, well, this was more maybe before college or the freshman year. I feel like I would wear camis like tucked in mm-hmm. with the belt and then just oh, like yeah. a little cardigan over. Yes. Why was that yeah. a cute Why thing? Why was that cute? I was recently um, reminiscing on how we would just wear camis. Right. Like Hollister oh. camis. Yes. Oh, Why was yeah. that okay? I don't, don't understand. Know. Oh, it was my go-to. Because now when I see people just wearing camis, I'm like, it's so. Awful. are you in your pajamas? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I frequently wear camis under my things. Yes. But not, that's what they're Not solo for. anymore. Right. I don't know. So that's like, that is one of my least favorite things I hear because I've heard it come out of my own mouth, mm-hmm. is, but I look cute in it. But probably what's even worse than that is it's comfortable. Mm. Oh, that's, I, I still say I that know, all the I'm time. So sorry. I'm like, it's so comfy though. It's so, but you're like, <laughs> but maybe. Pick something other than the comfort. What if we can mix comfort with style? 100%. You right? totally can. I feel like I try. I feel like that's why you I love leggings. You 100% do mix comfort with style. Here's when I don't like it. Because I think, I feel, I feel very comfortable right now. Mm-hmm. When I don't like it is when it's more like a defensive thing. Mm. I got it. Going yep. back to Stacey and Clinton, I think people would say that all the time on what not to wear. Like, but I'm, it's comfortable. Yeah. Gotcha. But like you're in an office. Exactly. And you can yes. wear yoga pants. You can wear yoga pants. I can. Because your do. office <laughs> is your house. I used to work from home and I would not show you what I wore when I worked from home. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wore giant oversized sweatpants today. Yes. So I, I did not wear this, but I think sometimes I should. Because um, it to does make me, yeah, it does make me feel a little more mm-hmm. so. And awake something that mentally. I think about mm-hmm. with that too is so this idea again of like our style doesn't define us, mm-hmm. but there are studies that show that students who dress up for exams perform better. There was some research done where there were two groups, and one group complete or they both completed the same quiz, and one group wore a lab coat. And they mm. performed better because they were in the mindset of a scientist or a doctor. Interesting. Isn't that so interesting? And so I kind of, I like to think of it that way is it kind of sets your intention for the day and helps put you in the right mind frame to like kick butt at work or totally. whatever it is that you're doing. If I'm wearing a cute pair of like booties and maybe some, I don't know, like cute jeans and a top and I go into work, I feel like 
hip music teacher, ready to go. <laughs> I don't know. With I feel little nose ring. With my nose yeah. ring now, all the kids are asking about it. Mm. They're all like, oh my gosh, you got your nose ring? Did it hurt? And then they like, go home and tell their parents. I know. And, and like, then also you teacher? sent a picture of me and I was like, you look cute today. Like that's the difference between a middle schooler who observes everything yeah. and me. I was like, cool face. Like, yeah. I didn't even notice it. I know. <laughs> and all of the middle school kids notice it. But I definitely feel different. Mm-hmm. And even around the house, I'm not, I've never been one to wear the big baggy sweatpants. Like for some reason, I, I don't know. It makes me feel like, ugh, and blah. Yeah. And I think it just depends on, again, your style and what you're into and what you're doing. Yeah. But I can 100% see that. If I was wearing a lab coat to take a test, I think I would do better. It's science. Know. It's science. It's fact. I have to know, yeah. what was your church outfit? Oh, yeah. my church outfit. It was actually um, quite similar to what I'm wearing now, I think. I was wearing kind of, oh, this is interesting. So slight sidebar, when I did my capsule wardrobe, one of my favorite things that I discovered from that was in my process of eliminating. So when you start a capsule wardrobe, you should probably start by cleaning out your closet. Mm -hmm. Or you could sign up for the Fox Detox, which is on my website, and will help you clean out your closet. Just in case you want that. Two weeks ago, because I went through (laughs) a whole evening of cleaning my closet, and there was like no direction. But you can still get it, Liz. I can. Because it'll happen again. It'll get worse. Plug. Free. (laughs) But with, yeah, with the capsule wardrobe, it's probably best to start by cleaning out your closet, which is always a process. And I mean, I literally took everything out and then slowly started putting things back. And what I figured out when I put things back was I actually had um, really simple cuts and colors. I didn't have a lot of pattern. And I think it's really indicative of the things that people say to us about who they think we are. Mm -hmm. And then we internalize that. I've always been called very girly. I've had probably multiple people say that I'm the girliest person they know, mm-hmm. which there's nothing wrong with being that way, but it didn't make me feel great because it like made that's me- that's not what I want. That's not what I want. And it made me um, feel not smart. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's so huge. I didn't love that. It made yep. me, I, and instead of making me feel feminine, it made me feel ditzy, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm very- I'm hyper aware of. I'm hyper aware of that as well. I think it's because of the voice thing, which we talked about before we started recording. Like, I think it's the voice thing. I know my voice is high. And then in college and in high school, I've always been easily, I feel like I'm easily picked on just for doing Nina things. I have bright red hair. You know, secretly, I'm just klutzy. I just do silly things. I tried to dye my hair to be that color so many times. You look so good with red hair. Yes, it, you would. No, but I Why? can't. You can't. But here's the thing: you can't get that color. Yeah. That's not. That's, have you ever dyed your hair? Mm-mm. That's like real hair color. My sister-in-law tells people it's a wig and then I, walks away. And people believe <gasps> no, I'm it. Serious. I'm sure. There's like this whole subsection of Columbus that thinks my hair is a wig. No way. What's well, a beautiful wig if it's a wig? They ask her. They're like, "Is that um, will you ever natural dye hair it? color?" And she goes, "It's a wig," and walks away. You're like, no, it's real. I want to like I don't to support. I won't. I won't dye it until it like actually starts to change. My sister's yeah. a hairstylist, and hopefully she'll be able to do her best, best to like get it back. Mm-hmm. But I have no. I mean, when I was little, it's very, it's very strange growing up with red hair. It's kind of I would liken it to I've never had a child, mm. but I would liken it to being pregnant when people think that they can just touch you. 
Yeah. Right? Like yeah. strangers come up and touch many people your see hair. That. People come up and will touch your belly when you're pregnant. Right. Literally, complete strangers will touch my hair. No. Yes. 100%. It is the weirdest. <laughs> it is the weirdest thing. And when you're a little kid, like, what do you do? And when you're a little kid, it's even more acceptable to yes. just, I'm going to pat them on the head. Right. right? I'm going to exactly. pet them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Do your, do your sisters have red hair? Uh, my oldest sister has strawberry blonde hair and my middle sister has brown hair. Mm. We have basically one of each. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got I got to a point, I don't remember this, but I got to a point when I was probably four when I told my mom, my hair is brown. Mm. The end. When people I come just, up to us, my hair is brown. Decide. I decided. And people would come up to, oh, what beautiful red hair your daughter has. And she would have to say, I'm sorry, my daughter has brown hair. Just because you were committed yes. to having it be brown. 100%. You did not want to be different no. anymore. I didn't. I was so sick When did of it. you go back to being like, actually, I know my hair is really red. <laughs> I know I can't lie about it this. Was last, very it was very visual like thing. Year. It was well, last year when you were in high school. <laughs> yeah, it was last year in high school. Well, going back to our Disney princess mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. of your, I saw The Little Mermaid. I don't remember this. My mom told me that I saw it and I turned to her and I said, my hair is red. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I think of it this way, I had never seen anyone who looked like me mm-hmm. that I could even, that I could remember anyway. And then there was this girl, um, she was a princess and a mermaid and she married Prince Eric. You were okay with beautiful. it. I have red hair. Yeah. I look like It's I look not like brown. Her. What are you talking it's about? Not brown. My hair is red. I now. was gonna say, like when I first saw you, I was like, she looks like beautiful Ariel princess. Like I know that's so <laughs> such a weird thought, but I was like, no. we both called Ariel. her beautiful awkwardly in this podcast, and I kind of love it. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. that's so funny. Okay, before we wrap up, I realized one thing. Yeah. So we never even asked, like, did you always love fashion? You didn't go to school for fashion, no. correct? You said you were girly. Yeah, so is so, this just something you feel really passionate about and you enjoy? Yeah. I remember I'm I've always been a night owl and I remember staying up all night trying on different outfits mm. in my room, um cutting out pictures for magazines like instead of hanging up so posters of I mean, I probably did this too, but instead of hanging up posters of bands or whatever, I cut out pictures of runway models and put them mm. all over which did you want to model? I did. You and do now, basically. Somewhat, yeah. And I, which probably like hanging pictures of models probably didn't assist with like my right food situation. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I just always loved it. And I definitely don't think I always associated it with um, some sort of empowerment or encouragement. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just always been a passion of mine. And uh, I don't think that I always realized that it wasn't something that came naturally to other people. There's a book by Jenny Allen called Restless. And she talks about um, how all the different threads of your life lead up to whatever your big story is, whatever Mm -hmm. your purpose is. And she tells this little anecdote about being in a small group. And she talks about how women will... Um, hide their passions or their gifts because they feel like 
they shouldn't be the center mm. of something. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so they just, they bury those things because like someone else can take center stage. It's not mm-hmm. me. I don't need to share those things. It's somehow people will think that I'm egotistical or or whatever it might be. And It's safer um, to play it small in that it's way. Exactly, mm-hmm. it's safer. And so she tells this story about um, being in this small group and a woman finally talking about how she felt like she was supposed to maybe be a speaker, something something where it would be, she would be fully the center of attention. And uh, she didn't feel great about that. She felt like it was egotistical mm-hmm. or self-serving in some way. And then there was another woman in that group who said, that is my worst nightmare. You could not pay me to do that. And it made the first woman realized that, oh, maybe that this is this is some sort of gifting that I have mm-hmm. um, where I could use this for some sort of good. And so, you know, that's just a long way of saying that everybody kind of has different gifts, I guess, mm-hmm. and we use them in different ways. I feel like a lot of times when we're when we're naturally gifted at something, it almost feels like we're showing off. Yes. In a yeah. way. And I think when you tie it into women sometimes Mm -hmm. we feel like we're not allowed to shine once in a while, you know? Cause like, oh, that's too much or she's Mm -hmm. too flashy or that means she's a bitch or that, you know, that's what it means. But really and truthfully, when we do the things that we are naturally gifted at or that light us up and that make us happy, that's when we're sharing our gift to the world. Mm -hmm. And that's when we feel the most connected to our purpose in life. Yeah, exactly. So I I mean, I was with you that whole entire story. Yeah, I think that I just, I felt like liking fashion or whatever that might look like, either all women know how to do that, so why is that special? Uh Or it's very, it's vapid, Mm -hmm, right? It's really self-serving. But kind of going back to um, the money analogy, it doesn't have to be self-serving, right? It can help you uplift other women. If you, if you're purchasing clothes in a really conscientious way, it can help uplift the people who are making them. I kind of think about it, um, as far as my interest in fair fashion, as I care about the women who are in the clothes and the women who might be reading, um, any of my content. And then I care about the women who are making the clothes too, Mm -hmm. because there's some, I think, 40 million garment workers and 85% of them are women. So if you care about women's rights, you kind of have to care about the women who are making clothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. You're doing such a wonderful thing. Thanks. And where can our listeners find you if they want to do the detox? Mm. Where can they and find new, that? When does your ebook come out? Yes. Oh, all yeah. of the, give us all yeah. of the goods. So um, anybody can find me at foxandbloom.co. That's my website. And that's where the Fox Detox is. It's a free email course that you can sign up for. Um, I'm Fox and Bloom Co. everywhere on social. So on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. And my ebook is coming out in time for Black Friday. Oh, perfect. Oh, yeah. fun. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for meeting with us and having this conversation. It was so uplifting. And I know that our listeners are going to feel so good after they listen. Thank you.